Welcome everybody to episode number 25 of Chopheads MMA. I got myself, I got my boy Tommy D, the Reverend. Woo! And guess what, guys? I'm sure you could predict this by now, but there's no scoop. And I think that's going to be a recurring theme. Scoop's got some some babysitting issues that he needs to get sorted out before he could be joining us on Mondays. We're not sure if that's ever going to take place. So for the time being, you got us. It's it's back to the original two. It is now just Tommy and Chris back, oh, natural. back to the roots. So interesting week. This is one of those episodes that I love because a lot of times that we come on here, we're, we're struggling to find the content because it is a weekly show. And some weeks there just isn't much going on. This week, however, there was a lot going on. So it's one of those weeks <laughs> that the content just kind of, the show kind of writes itself. And on top of all that, we're both riding high yeah. off of our victories this past weekend. Tommy's enjoying the the undefeated record, 3-0 and as a Raider fan. I'm 2-1 and as a Packer fan, so we're not going to go too much into it because I know I actually got some some bad feedback on our on our football open. I won't say who it was, but I got a little bit of a bad feedback saying, guys, we, we listened to you all week, or I listened to you all week talking about football. I do not need to tune into the MMA show to hear about football, so... Just for you, we're going to talk more football on MMA. Yeah, I'm not part of the Daily Show. I'm a football fanatic myself, and I'm also a football coach. So if I want to talk about it with the Gooch in the open, we're going to talk about it for a little bit. Then we're going to get to MMA. All right, so now that we're done talking about it. We now did. we're done, yeah. We're done. That's it. We're done. We're, we're moving on to MMA. I'm going to go light on the intro today. And episodes like this, we want to leave the bulk of the info for the show. So... Without further ado, we're going to lead this right to the, the Reverend's Rundown and let Tommy do his thing so we can get to it. All right, everybody. This week's Reverend Rundown is brought to you by Fightbook MMA, your worldwide leader in combat sports, health and fitness, and pro wrestling news. You can find them at www.fightbookmma.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and indeed at Fightbook MMA. It's... Time for the Reverend's Rundown. Who the fuck is that guy? All right, everybody. Boxing now has a new heavyweight king. uh, Former champ Anthony Joshua got completely outclassed by the new champion Alexander Usyk. Bellator 267 MVP versus Lima 2 is set to kick off Friday night. Can MVP actually break his can crusher stigma? Last week, we reported right here that Dylan Dennis was arrested in beautiful Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Well, during the week, the video of Dennis being choked out and tapped out by a bouncer named Chance from the nightclub surfaced. Ocean County Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu owner Tom DeBless will be offering the Blue Belt Bouncer a year of teaching for free. Also, the Gordon King Ryan will be bringing chance to the ADCC trials in Vegas as a spectator. This past weekend was the UFC Hall of Fame weekend. Mark Ratner, George St. Pierre, and the late and great Kevin Randleman were inducted into the 2021 Hall of Fame. As was John Jones and Alexander Gustafson for their title fight at UFC 167 back in 2013. How did our friend John Jones celebrate his Hall of Fame status? 
by being arrested for domestic violence, battery and injury, and tampering with a vehicle. Bail for Jones was set at $8,000, but was held on a 12-hour hold. What was Dana's White's response to all of this? Here we go again. It's not even shocking anymore. It's almost expected. We can't bring him to Vegas for 12 hours to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. This guy has a lot of demons. Ruthless Robbie Lawler was given a, a USADA varsity jacket for having his 50th clean test in a row. Congratulations, Robbie, on doing what you're contractually supposed to do. The fight between Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan will now be postponed due to Aljamain having to pull out due to nerve issues in his neck. The UFC is deciding whether to have an interim title fight or not to where Corey Sandhagen seems to be their fighter of choice. Misha Tate has been removed from the UFC Fight Night 40 due to catching the COVID. The fight will be rescheduled as long as the former champion lives from the deadliest flu known to man. Mark Hunt has himself back in the news complaining about Dana White and fighter pay, saying that UFC athletes are making 16%, and that's peanuts considering you're putting your lives in the hands of other people. Well, Mark, maybe you should have won more fights, did less crying, and finally understand in that liquefied brain of yours, no one is twisting these guys' arms to sign a contract. You know what the money it is, it doesn't matter, Shut the fuck up. I swear to God, I just can't with him anymore. And finally, Rafael Dos Anjos had to pull out in his fight in October against Islam Makiev, or as Chris has named him, the Khabib guy. Dos Anjos was hurt in training and has now just postponed another loss. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your Reverend's rundown for this week. Right. What, what, what about this Mark Hunt, dude? Right, so there's a couple things. Let me go through it in, in my order because as right. you... I had plenty of time this time because you spoke for about four years straight. I had to wake myself up twice. I said two alarms. I hit snooze. And now that we're finally through the Reverend's Rundown, I'm here and I can finally speak a little bit on my own podcast. So, first <laughs> things first. I'm going to go in order in which things bothered me. Um, but I was bothered by a lot. <laughs> first things first. Um, Aljamain Sterling. That situation bothers me more than more than I you could imagine. So, wait a minute. For, out of everything that was said in the beginning, that's the one that sticks no, out to like you? No, it bothers me the least. So okay. I'm going in order. I'm going to get more and more bothered as okay. we go. So, Aljamain Sterling, when he got the belt, I, I made a joke like he's going to pull out of a... Sure enough, he got injured, didn't necessarily pull out of a fight, but said I can't fight until my surgery heals up. So that was a nine-month guarantee. Mm -hmm. Then it was... What we have now is that that I guess it was a neck surgery that he had, correct? Yeah. So now it's, it's a complications issues. from the same injury that he's had. He's just milking it. Maybe he is hurt, but I know that in the in the UFC, guys fight with this bullshit all the time. I think he's under a lot of pressure to to take this fight, and he's not budging. Maybe I'm speaking out of pocket. Yeah, no, you, you, look, you're. I'm not going to say that you're wrong because we really don't know, right? But. The past few weeks, he keeps posting these videos of him training and, you know, I'm right and back and forth on Twitter and Instagram. So it's like, is it all an act or I, I would like he's, to he's not spent, think he it spent, is. He spent his entire title reign trying to validate the title that he himself doesn't even believe to be valid. No, because he dropped it right on the ground so after he won. That's my point. Like he, he has an obligation to his team. And to the belt, I guess, to fulfill the obligations and to cash in on the fact that he is the UFC champ. You see him on some commercials, etc. But the gravy train is going to stop soon because yeah. 
they're they're obviously in this case with all the interim belt talk that they've been doing. They're gonna. You said Corey Sanhagen is in line to get the interim, but yeah, title belt because shot. they've reached out to TJ and and he's not. Well, TJ just had surgery. Yeah, so he can't. So TJ's not ready. TJ might never really be ready. And the real winner of that fight, we all believe, yeah, was, was Sanhagen. Sanhagen anyway, and, and so. it's the right choice. So it would be Sanhagen versus Piotr Jan for for the interim belt. Now you see, here's what bothers me with that. Let's say Sanhagen beats him. Aljo's already beaten Sanhagen. So if Aljo goes in there, beats Sanhagen so again, Aljo's, you're going to get the Piotr Jan I, I fight agree eventually. With what you're saying, and this is a, an interesting topic because it does put the UFC in a tough situation because you really need to have Jan against Aljo for Aljo to even be considered the champion. You're going to you run the risk of having that belt be tainted for the better part of two years because it's already been tainted all of 2021. Yep. So as we wind down this year, October was supposed to be the Aljo fight. That's not happening. You got to assume that that they're trying to replace that fight as soon as possible with Sanhagen, but I think October's a little ambitious for that date, for that fight to, to happen in October. Because Sanhagen, obviously, he'll jump at the, the chance to be an interim title holder, but it is September 26th, so they have very, very little time to get that done. About four weeks. Yeah, and Jan has been training. Yeah. Right? The, like, this has been a scheduled fight. Aljo and Jan was a scheduled fight. I'm sure October. Jan wants to fight somebody, you know, because he's, he's probably just entering full fight camp now. I mean, obviously, he's not weight cutting yet, but, you know, he's been chomping at the bit to get back in there since, you know, he, look, say whatever you want. Piotr Jan lost that belt on his own. He lost that. He didn't get beat. He lost it by not being able to control himself. So I'm I'm sure he's he's chomping at the bit to get back in there. Obviously he wants Aljo, but you know I, I seriously think anybody will do at this point. So if, if it's understood, Sanhagen, and I just think like what you were alluding to earlier, there could potentially be a bigger issue, a bigger matchup issue if Sanhagen does pull that out, and then you get the unification belt against you know at least Peter Jan out in the in the dark, and he should be the one fighting Aljo now. So yeah, shitty situation. We already know how the UFC is going to do it. It's going to be whichever earns them the most money as fast as possible is what they're mm -hmm. going to do. So moving on to the... So just so we're clear, public, I do not agree with anything Tommy said about the Mark Hunt situation. Maybe the only part that I agree with is that he has a, a liquid brain at this point. But other than that, Mark Hunt, you need this, man. Like, you, you saw what you said. Nobody's twisting their arm, and you're right. Nobody is twisting their arm. And we've talked about how there's a potential for a U, new MMA organization to start up it ain't gonna happen but you want to know why it's because of the stigma that's attached to speaking out what you're saying right now about mark hunt we need more mark hunts for the fighters to get what they want long term i agree that it comes off as a he's a crybaby and you said that mark hunt should have won more fights maybe mark hunt should have just taken steroids like every opponent that he fought well, over the last look, 10 my, years my thing with him with that is you fought in pride all those years and didn't complain like I seriously think his real name was Sandin Michael Hunt. Yeah, but you That's have, to, under, think you have to understand the, the reasoning behind the big complaint he had about UFC 200 was that they gave the exemption. So, like, the rules were in place. So, right. in pride, it was understood that these guys are juiced to the gills, and he knew that going in, so they weren't trying to sugarcoat anything. With the UFC, they're trying to make it seem like it's a level but yeah, playing Yeah, but before field. that Brock Lesnar fight, he was always clamoring about these guys that are on steroids and stuff like that. Like... We get it because, okay, it's it's against the rule. Okay, you're right. But it wasn't against the rules in pride, but you were still fighting those same guys, and 
you got the same results in Pride that you got in the I UFC. Am, I am typically anti-social justice warrior, just in terms of the, the way I think most people go about it. In this case, this is a guy that's speaking from personal experiences. He's been wronged. He sees teammates of his. He sees fighters throughout the organization that are wronged. He sees the guys that are making money outside of the UFC, right? So... I think it's a it's a UFC problem that we've obviously have come to the agreement and the general public is on the same page that the UFC business model is very it's not a great model for the fighters. Luke Rockhold talked about it the other day and I, I might have alluded to it on the show where they pay you just enough to get you to come back. You you build a little star for yourself, right? And then you say, fuck this, I deserve more money, and they say, Okay, you're not getting it. You sit out for as much time as you can until your money starts to run out and then you go back and fight for them so the business model is is shitty for the fighter it's great for the fighter it's a job for the, for the organization and you compare it to the other sp major sports the revenue sharing isn't close ufc is making like 85 percent of the revenue yeah but i mean you're talking about you know and everybody brings that up with mlb and nfl <laughs> All right, the you're, TV you're, deals are different. I understand. Yeah, and you're also talking about a 53-man roster. You're talking about being in a, in a stadium that's, that can seat, what, 80-something thousand people? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And because of all those variables is why you need Mark Hunt. Because he's at least... You You give me the... You, nobody could read. Nobody could hear the face that Tommy just made at me. <laughs> he's basically telling me with the face that he made that he agrees with me, but he just doesn't like Mark Hunt. Because it, it just... It, Coming from him, like, it's stupid coming from him. This was a guy that Dana White was paying to go away because his record was, it was nothing like, to look, and I said it before and I'll say it again. He was a heavy bag with eyeballs. He was able to take punishment very well because he's fucking a Kiwi. Like, they, their heads are made of stone. He's like the, the episode of The Simpsons when Homer becomes a pro boxer and he's able to take as much punishment as possible and tire the guy out and beat him with one punch. Like, Mark Hunt was never a champion. You know, he, he fought for a UFC title and got embarrassed by Dos Santos. Come on. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a fan of Mark Hunt. I'm a fan of what he's trying to do. I was until he became a fan of what he's trying Karen. to do. I don't really have any issue with him trying to step up and change, change the way things are, are for the fighter. I think that long-term, the sport kind of needs that. They need the fighter to, to be compensated better because... Ultimately, down the line, you might see something where there is a striker, or we would like to avoid that. I think that we're years and years away from that, but you got to imagine that that's imminent. It's going to take time, but... But, like, his court case, like, a lot of things you complain about with UFC 200, I could understand if Brock Lesnar hauled off and knocked him out. He out-wrestled him. He out-wrestled him. Mark Hunt's never been able to stuff a takedown. <laughs> It's, it's, but he was also failing drug tests throughout, throughout, throughout. So not, never been able to stuff a takedown. But you're going in there against a guy that clearly was juiced to the gills. I think it's horseshit. The UFC made the exception for money, which is no surprise. But yeah, we, I mean, of course, it's no surprise. Well, just, they had to because of Connor. UFC 200, he pulled out. Remember, that's when he was supposed to fight Diaz the first time. He pulled out. Yeah, but they didn't. They needed a, a hail mary because the, that they, was their big. Uh, they didn't get Brock this fight because Connor pulled out. That was done beforehand. No, no. Well, anyway, we're gonna have to check that. Scoop, why don't you? Oh wait, Scoop's not here anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Scoop, for checking that out for us. All right, so the the real this doesn't actually bother me from you from the standpoint of what you're saying bothered me, but just it bothers me that John Jones is arrested again. 
Like I, I, we laugh because it's it's something that we joke about, and you make the joke where it's like, does it really matter? He's going to be like, he'll never fight at heavyweight because some, he'll do something to fuck up. And you say that jokingly with with full understanding that like he might actually write the ship this time. He's in his mid thirties. You would think that eventually people grow up. I grew up finally in my mid thirties. So, John, we're waiting, buddy. You know what's funny? <laughs> Last Thursday night on sitting ringside, Dave Rodriguez goes. John Jones is going to get arrested this weekend. He fucking called it. Bro, bro, it was funny because John Jones is out here talking like, maybe I'll break the law right around time of, right around when I start to announce my fight so I could get into the media because it kind of does well for the pay-per-views. Now, did, John, did you beat up your girl because you, because you might sign a fight soon? I'm confused by the whole... Then he also said, uh, I want to do more things uh, more things in a legal way. Well, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, what the fuck? And did you see the interview with his manager, his new manager? No. I guess he was on the MMA Hour or one of the shows. It might have been the Ariel, the MMA Hour with Ariel. But essentially, they just it was like a 30-minute interview of him just doing a complete PR job on John Jones' <laughs> career before this all took place. It was... It was you know, he got into a conversation with Dana White and Hunter and talking like John just wants to play ball. All he wants to do is train, and he's so cerebral about his approach and that he's weighing 260 now and he wants to get up to 275. All this crazy talk, talking about how John Jones is the smartest fighter <laughs> and that he's finally got his head screwed on straight. Then you see the John Jones interview. It's almost like, bro, you can't make this shit up. Dana White saying you give this guy 12 hours in Vegas. <laughs> he can't do it. You know, John Jones can't be in Vegas for 12 hours with a drink and his girlfriend, apparently. Yeah, his, he, his dude. Fiance. You said John Jones wanted to play ball. You didn't say what kind of ball because he was playing eight ball, apparently. I would like to know what tampering with a vehicle is. Like, they didn't get into specifics with that. So what was he doing with yeah, the me vehicle? Me and you had the conversation right away. We, we obviously, as soon as we hear the John Jones news, we get into the text combo. And I, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt because I know throughout the, the all-off season in football with the Aaron Rodgers saga, how the media will embellish specifically right away because they don't really need to get it right. They just need you to get it out. You don't have to with John Jones. <laughs> with John Jones, you could assume the worst, but even so, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt and be like, well, he was just in the media. Like, I saw him on, on a video that was maybe filmed eight hours ago, <laughs> like two hours ago. So it's like, when, when could he have possibly fucked up that bad in between? And sure enough, John Jones fucked up that bad. We don't know the details, but for Dana White to come out and say, I'm sure he knows a little more details than we do, if it was Vegas PD that Dana White basically Bro, owns at this point. he is worse than Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> the reason why he's not, that he's not worse and worse at the same time is because Lenny Dykstra usually... I shouldn't say usually, but Lenny Dykstra didn't really fall that hard from the top. Like his was a slow, like out of the league. You haven't heard of him, haven't heard from Lenny Dykstra in a little bit. And then when you when he surfaces, he's completely full blown cracked out. Right? <laughs> John Jones is managing to put together a really successful MMA career while being essentially cracked out. <laughs> now I don't know the substance that he was on. I would imagine that he was obviously drunk. Oh, he's got to be drunk, yeah, definitely. But if he tried to cause harm with a vehicle or whatever they're calling it, if he was driving while drunk, you would assume that there would have been another charge there. So right away, I start thinking like, what could he have done? Maybe she was trying to get away, and he's. 
breaking the car, but that could be like false imprisonment. So John Jones clearly has a bunch of new legal issues to deal with. The last thing on John Jones' mind right now should be Francis Ngannou, and maybe that's a good thing for John, right? Because we got to assume that he's got a lot of demons, John, right? The last thing you need to, to compound those demons is getting punched in the head by arguably the hardest hitter. Well, he might run into a judge that's just sick and tired of seeing all this shit from him and actually might put him in the clink for a little bit. And the only fight he's going to need to fucking worry about is a big guy named JoJo. The reason why I don't agree with what you just said, JoJo who? Just a, a big prisoner John named jo- JoJo. John Jones would run the prison <laughs> to a degree. Like if he if he was down the to get down for the get down, he's John Jones isn't getting raped. There's not going to be any sodomy against John Jones in prison. I don't I don't foresee. And I lost my train of thought. Now, what were we talking about? You were saying like why a judge wouldn't actually give. Oh, him. because it's Vegas, and it's the fight capital of the world, and Dana White owns them. I would imagine. I would imagine that. But even if Dana White is, I don't even think really, Dana gives a shit. I now. think you're on the. I I, I might agree with he, that. like he seriously tainted the UFC Hall of Fame. The day he got inducted. Like, this was this was kind of a big one, if you think about it. Mark Ratner, GSP, Kevin Randleman. Like, this was a special one. Now, I'm not a big Mark Ratner fan, but he's been with the UFC forever. You know what I mean? And everybody, GSP, the golden boy. That's yeah. all you need to know. That's and it. come on, Kevin Randleman? I mean, yeah, the, the poor guy's dead, but... Talk about a guy who deserves to be in there. So this was a very, very special thing. I mean, Boss Rutten was there. This was big, and John Jones fucked it. He just upstaged the whole weekend with yeah. <laughs> typical John Jones fashion. He doesn't really upstage any of the weekends when he's fighting. He usually has <laughs> lackluster performances outside of the D.C. thing. Of recent memory, I haven't seen an exciting John Jones fight in 10 <laughs> years. So thanks for providing some much-needed Side uh, extracurriculars on a, what otherwise was a big fight weekend. But that's really all we're going to talk about with the intro or the rundown. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to get straight to 266, baby. Woo! A lot going on on that card, and we'll break it down when we get back. Service Team of Professionals, a.k.a. Stop Restoration of Edison, is a locally owned and operated business that provides professional disaster cleaning and restoration services, including a 24-hour emergency service to homeowners, property managers, real estate investors, and insurance companies alike. Stop Restoration helps people overcome the stress and anxiety of unforeseen circumstances caused by fire, smoke, water, mold, and other unexpected damages. As part of a nationally recognized restoration franchise, Stop Restoration of Edison is backed by the best technical advisors and business consultants in the country. Visit them right now online at www.stop-edison.com. All right, everybody, we are back, and it is time to get down with the nitty-gritty and UFC 266, a card that delivered, 100% delivered except for one fight, which uh, almost killed the night if it wasn't for that spectacular main event. But let's get on to the prelims here. Uh, actually, the prelims that we started with uh, Dan... Dan Hangman Hooker and uh, German Kelvin. Now, I picked German Kelvin. um, But, you know, Dan Hooker came out and showed that he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, and he's been working on a lot of stuff. He looked very, very impressive. What were your thoughts, man? I was also very impressed by Hooker, but I kind of expected that because he had a real bad taste in his mouth from his last fight. And the way the public was going in on him being afraid and being looked like he had his heart took in that fight, 
I know Hooker to be the exact opposite of that, and I said it last week. So I was expecting him to come out there and really show no fear. Technically speaking, he completely dominated oh, that it was, fight. It was, it, was, it was a no contest. I don't know why that fight was made. I, I said it to you last week. I said, was there, a, was there some type of injury? What, what was going on here? I just think that there's something in... In the, the German Kelvin that they saw, and they would, yeah, and it might still be there, which is even more surprising to me, though, because if they did see something in him, I think that that was a tough, a tough out. So well, to you're you know, going to go in you're, there, you're pitting him in there against somebody who got. I mean, look, you, you know, we're we're men, we have pride. As embarrassing as that, not only just the loss to Chandler was, but all the shit that he was talking about Chandler before that. And then Chandler went in there, and he he, he did stay, take his heart in that fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, I, don't, see, I don't want to get too deep into this because we have a lot to cover, but when you say take his heart, I mean, like, some guys get hurt. They, they, they lose. It's not like, I don't think that he was ever like, oh, I'm not trying to fight anymore. It's just that when you get touched with a good shot early in the fight, and all of a sudden you're just not, things aren't Yeah, but just, just rewatch, rewatch his body language from the walk to... The ring of the bell, he didn't look like the the Dan Hooker yeah. that we saw last night. I mean, a lot of things go into it. I, I don't want to get into somebody's mental makeup, especially. I, I know you always say that. I don't want to get into his mental makeup, but. <laughs> because it's hard to, because you don't know. There's so many things that go into a fight. He might have had a shitty weight cut. He, he might never admit it anyway. Exactly. I, I respect Dan Hooker. I respect that whole city kickboxing team. I respect real fighters. I don't respect Phil Brooks. I respect real fighters like these guys. These guys I respect. You, you said know? Phil Brooks. Give CM Punk. Yeah, no, I knew that, but <laughs> I don't think anybody else did. Or maybe not everybody else did. But just a touch on a side note with the city city kickboxing, you know that that team might be done in New Zealand, right? Like Really? Izzy, yeah, like they, they gave Hooker a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, Izzy's, Izzy's leaving. Izzy is officially moving to the States, and... I think he's what makes that team click. Maybe I know Hooker's the team captain. Volk Volkanovski is over there as well. But if they're given, if Izzy leaves, that's pretty much the money train in city kickboxing. I don't think that the coach is going to go anywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see what what trajectory all their careers take if Izzy does officially leave and and move to the states. The reason that they're doing this, they're talking about doing this, is because Hooker was training at his gym alone. And the New Zealand government was was shutting him down. They were they, they went there and questioned him and wouldn't let him train at his gym alone because of the COVID restrictions. So when you're trying to hold back pretty much a guy that's put the country on his back, he walks out there with the flag. I think they owe their, their countrymen a little bit more, specifically that team, because they, they really put New Zealand MMA on the map. I guess it shows New Zealand's country's true colors as to what they feel about the sport. So oh, I could see Jackson Wink like salivating and chomping at the bit since, you know, they're they probably going to lose John for a little while. Why not bring in John's nemesis like they did to you know, uh, what's you, his name? You know where they're going to end up, I think. Right? I think Izzy ends up at Sanford MMA, the same place that Robbie, because that's the new sexy place where all the guys are going. That's yep. the American top team's best competition already. Right, a lot of these guys have trained together, so it's the new Black Zillions essentially. And I think Adesanya fits right in there. Could be, yeah, you could be right. Um, does Usman train out of there? Because I know he had the ties to the to the Henry Hoof situation, deep ties with Rashad, and I mean, he might. 
That's the funny thing. Like, you never hear Usman talk about teammates or team or anything like that. He's just team Usman. So, I can almost guarantee that. Mark this down. Sanford MMA gets gets any of the influx from, from city kickboxing. Side note. All right, moving on to the next fight. Marlon, Mar- Marlon Marias against Mirab. Help me out here. Stadishvili. Stadishvili. Woo, Bro. man. That's how you end a prelim. Holy shit. <laughs> he absolutely smoked Marias. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> Marias almost had him out. Yeah, but he didn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, and just like I had said to you, now, look, I had said it was going to be by decision, right? If it went out of the first round, I said, if this goes out of the first round, Marab's going to win because Marlon, when he smells blood in the water, and look, rightfully so that night, rightfully so, Marab seriously thought he was back in Jordan for like 15 seconds there, you know, dodging bombs, but holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was like. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, all right, they're going to stop it. They're not stopping it. All right, Marab's got him in the clinch. How is Marab on top of him? And then Marab ended the round just waffle right in the mouth, hammer fist, you know, just, just coming down hard. Did you just say he waffle stomped him? Were you, about, were you about to say he was waffle stomping him? <laughs> Guys, if you don't know what a waffle stomp is, just go on Urban Dictionary, and I'm not going to say it here because we'll get canceled. <laughs> It's so gross. But anyway, yeah, Marab waffle stomped and Marias <laughs> through the cage. Through the cage. You know, and and, it, and the, the announcers kept saying, you know, uh, Marab can't win this round back. But I the, think the more he fights, did. The more fights that I see at this division, the less chance I think Sugar Show has at ever cracking the top 15. <laughs> because there are some absolute killers in this division, and they just there's no shortage of them. When you talk about guys like Marab who can't find a tough fight, or you know, it's hard for these guys to find fights because the same reason with the Khabib guy, nobody wants to fight these guys because they're just grinders. There's a beat coming no back name. now too. Oh well, good for us. We'll get to see him sign another fight and not fight for 15 years. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, when you and I were talking about this fight last week, you were saying that Marab kind of has a boring style. Did that change you? Yeah, well, no. I think that styles make fights, and I, I wouldn't say that he has a, an exciting style. Still, he doesn't. You know, Khabib doesn't even have an exciting style. It doesn't mean that if you become a star and you do things the way he did it, and you put people away like that, uh, it doesn't mean that you can't become liked and and a highly anticipated fighter. But more so. It's going to be the other things that he does because if he's just going to wrestle people, he's going to meet a guy that's great at jiu-jitsu and is going to stifle it. So the style itself will be good in, in certain fights, but there's going to be times where his best bet is just going to be to control the guy because his offense won't be there as much. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, but just his all-it-out toughness with that because, look, Mar- Marlon cracked him. I mean, he was The hitting- one thing I did have right was... That I think it's going to go a lot like the first round of the Cejudo fight. You're right. <laughs> Only it didn't stay that way. No. So it literally was the exact remake of that fight. And, but, you know, and now you got to feel for Marlon because I think this is four in a row. Yeah. You, you know, so he's completely out of the title picture. Now you have Marab starting to make that move up into the title picture. And, you know, Aljo's going to hold on to it for however long until it's time for him to fight. 
Sanhagen's probably going to get the shot against Piotr Jan. You got TJ Lyon in the wings that just came out of surgery. If I'm playing matchmaker, Marab and TJ. If I'm playing matchmaker. But, but TJ might be out for a little bit. If I'm playing matchmaker, where does Cody fit in? I think that's a good name for to build Marab. Oh, God, what Marab would do to Cody. Right? Of, of course. But really, like... <laughs> When you look at Cody, it's like you almost feel that way about almost anybody in the upper echelon. And his name is too big to just have him be a middling fighter. So the next Cody fight is either going to be a test to see if he could re-enter the mix or it's going to be a guy that's going to build his name off of Cody. I kept hearing that Cody was thinking about dropping another weight class. I heard that too, but Cody already looked like he was struggling. At, <laughs> it's going to be tough. Now, the, to talk about a weight class, which I think it's officially official at this point that Marias has to move up. I think the weight cut has been a huge issue for him. And he you could see it because he usually comes out starching people early, but he fades in the second round. The weight cut is probably too much for him to deal with. If he was a if he was a featherweight, I think that obviously he's losing a little bit of the power, but you might see that that not be, might be the case because he would be able to just walk around bigger. You look at guys like Chiesa that they just look... I remember looking at Casey and being like, he's too small for welterweight. Until you actually see them walk around at that weight, yeah, they're not too small. Marais would be a big, big featherweight as well. He's just short. That's what it is. He's just short. Like I've I've stood next to to Marvin, you know, while I was covering a fight before in Marlin. in Atlantic City. Marlin, I keep saying Marvin. Um, I, I mean, he really is short. <laughs> like he really is short. He does look exactly like that anime figure that they they keep. Uh, like comparing him to. So, yes, he is short. So, at 145, it might pose some problems with him with some of the taller guys, but he's so fast. His leg kicks are so good, and he hits so hard, All right. he might do okay. Yeah, well, to be fair, and this is no disrespect, but you're 0-4 in your last four. I actually don't care what happens next with you. you got to win a couple more before I care. The other guy, on the other hand, I think he's gonna. you're going to find him in a situation that you see the guys like the Bilal Muhammad's in, the... Uh, Basically, the Tony Ferguson's, the at one point, Du Bronx, where they are going to have to win like 35 fights in a row for them to get a shot. And in this gauntlet of the 135 pound division, it's going to be tough for him to do that. But you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, just the style, I mean, the name, the lack of English, the, the, I, I don't want to say this and come off like it's my opinion, but just the, the, him being, Arabic or Muslim speaking Arabic and not and not actually having the good English. But those are things that factor in when it comes to getting a title shot because the UFC wants superstars at the top. They don't want a guy that we're waiting to lose the belt. Right? So gonna be a tough road for our boy Marab, but I'm pulling for him. He definitely got a fan in me going forward. So I guess we can now move on to the title fights. Oof. Or at least one of the title fights. We're Oof. only gonna talk about this very briefly because it's just as hard as it was to watch, it was... I think Valentina was trying to keep her around to kind of make her feel good about herself and then just decided, okay, I'm done. I don't know. I don't want to take the credit for Murphy. She came out. She showed toughness. Uh, but when you're not really... just the meth. But when you're not... Yeah, when, when you're not doing much to win the fight, <laughs> you know, she was basically just trying to coast and stay in there, but she wasn't... She wasn't going and taking the fight to Valentina. She was just like, okay, I know I'm going to lose. See how long I can make this last... Get this moral victory. I out think of the way. when the bell rang, she thought she had a shot until Valentina just ha 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 like really fast, and she's just like, "There's nothing I could do to her." I mean, she stuck around for a while though, so I think Valentina kept her around for a while. I don't know. I don't know. 
given Murphy did have a five fight win streak. She is a legitimate uh, world class fighter. Yeah, but it's it's one of those situations where there's Valentina. And then there's everybody else in that division. It, it's just the way there is just something with Valentina that nobody can figure yeah, out. And it sucks because we're almost <laughs> glossing over her greatness and her and her star is being diminished because of the lack of talent around her. And we're not talking enough about her because it's just there's nothing about the division that's exciting because of her. Yeah. Right. It, it's the same way you get this in, in, in throughout time where Anderson Silva did that to the middle, middleweight division for a while. Uh, you've just seen it in over the course of time where certain guys are just so good. John Jones did it to 205 for a while where they're so good that it's hard to get excited about anybody else in the division. Moving on because we're, <laughs> we can't do any more of that. Um, we're going to switch it up. And I know that last week we talked about the Diaz fight. You last. even said that you thought he was going to lose. Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, I had the feel. I didn't have the feeling until... He asked for the weight, weight restrictions. Were, That's when I knew. Mm. They just, it became more and more evident throughout the week that Nick Diaz is just doing this for the payday. I can't blame him. He's talking a lot of regret. You hear his interviews. He doesn't sound Yeah, the same. It's, it's weird, right? Like a humble He's like, I don't want to look back. I don't want to look back at this and, and regret not giving it a go. And I don't know that he's talking like that for legacy because I think that the way he looks at how legacies are viewed by the public is that he doesn't care about that anyway. If he ever did, I think he would have saw a different Nick from the rip. But when it comes to leaving money on the table, I think Nick is is having a lot of regret. Yeah, you know, and I hope this isn't going to be it for him. I do. I, I, I hope know, it's man. not it for him for the sole fact that I would like to see him make some money. But seeing that version of Nick Diaz, if Nick Diaz isn't in there fucking you off... Flipping, flipping you off. Well, I don't talking shit. It's just not the same. So you, you noticed in his post fight, right? How he had something that he wanted to say, but he couldn't say it. Like he was talking about, you know, the manager, the management switch. I really wonder when he actually signed on for this fight. That's what I wonder. I wonder what negotiations were going on. He, what did he know? What didn't he know? Because it, it's not like him to not be prepared, right? The body was awful. His his cardio was, was pretty bad. Yeah, they, they just signed up to the fact that he wasn't going to make weight, so they just went right ahead and they forfeited, I think, 30% of a probably a large person. Yeah. Hobby. It, and not to not to make this all about Nick Diaz, but really that's what this card was. It was the Nick Diaz yeah, card. Yeah, it was. Uh, they, he, Nick Diaz being on the card got a little bit more shine on Volkanovski. We got catfished six months ago with Nick Diaz's photo where he was just like, ripped and he looked better than he did when he was fighting when he was younger well nick diaz was probably training for like a big big triathlon yeah but like wouldn't you think he'd want to come into the cage looking like that yeah i i (laughs) I do i do i also we don't know when that photo was taken but regardless robbie lawler came in he did his job very very i guess basic fight it was nothing crazy there was no excitement uh, there was a couple points where I found myself like nostalgic and reminiscing, like seeing like how the second round ended. You were waiting for you were waiting for at least one Stockton slap. Yeah, it was just like Joe seeing Nick come out there. It was great for that, but yeah. it was really disappointing to see the version of Nick that we got. As a huge Nick Diaz fan, you like to see that he kind of turned a corner and and he is a good guy. Like I always said, like you know the bad rap on these guys, but they're not they're not as bad as people think they are. So I guess. 
the public seeing that, but I have I have issue with this. There's been a lot of guys, a lot of fans of the sport that weren't in the sport for a long time that are getting their first view, their first Nick Diaz sighting live in the cage. And I spent the better part of Saturday night into Sunday morning defending my boy, Nick, because shout out to Kyle. Now, Kyle's a, a big sports guy, but Kyle does not know what the fuck he's talking about when it comes to the UFC. No, you got to talk history. to his girlfriend. Even her though, she probably doesn't watch. Didn't watch like like we did then. So, but the pick bid shout out. She is. If you want to, if you want to make some money on UFC, go on Twitter and follow. We still have to talk to her coming on here with a segment the for pick bid on on the Sauce Network. Sauce, but yeah, because Nick Diaz was getting trashed in social media, and he of was course about how this is the guy that he looked like a. Uh, a 40-year-old, washed-up marijuana, you know, weed head. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what he is at this point. He's six years removed from the sport. When he was fighting then, he didn't care. You know, it's almost almost like he's like 10 years removed from the GSP fight, which is probably the last fight that he actually got excited for. Yeah, you know, it's... (laughs) I was never... Look, I was never a Diaz Brothers fan until recently. Um, I I didn't like their antics back in the day, but... but Look, you have now see the the fruits of their labor paid off for them. Yeah, I, and what I they respect, were doing was real. I respect their gangster inside the cage because you know their cardio. You know, at one time nobody could touch it. You know, it, it was just they did stupid things in there to lose fights for themselves because they were staying true to the Stockton motherfucker. Like, you know, they just ran out of time. But when we're talking about legacy. And all these things, and we see it time and time again. This is the first Diaz fight in a long time where even in a loss, they didn't come away the winner, right? Nick Diaz did not come away the winner. You see Nick Diaz losing fights, and he... So what they've done in terms of losing the fights, even in the Leon Edwards fight, where Nate got beat pillar to post for for 24 and a half minutes and then sparked him with that one one shot, shot. And... We talked about this then. I'm glad that he didn't finish the fight because Nate didn't deserve to advance from that. You know, Leon did. Leon won that fight. But stealing the show and, and not doing it the way everyone wants you to do it, to stay true to yourself, has gotten these men really rich. So shout out to them for doing that. And I'm always going to be a Nick Diaz supporter. So if he fights again, I'm there for it. But I, I, I just hope it's time. And you know what? And, and like you said, take nothing away from Robbie. He went out there. He did his job. And it was just amazing respect from the both of them at the end. Um, you know, and, and just like you said, a lot of these fighters, including Connor, have to thank Nick Diaz for the way that he was his entire career because that's what opened the door for other people to come in and be in, try to be and genuine now, and now I'm not trying to go back in time in this episode, but... The same way where you're kind of coming to terms with it, maybe a full decade after the fact, and seeing like, you know what, when I hated on Nick Diaz back then, I might have been right from feeling the way I felt, but when you had people like me telling you, hey, Tommy, they're doing it for like the greater good, and other people are going to benefit from it down the line, same situation with Mark Hunt. We might not like it, you might not like it, but... No, 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 no. I've I've gone on a solid many years. Oh, I know you. I know the, the history about you and your Mark Hunt love affair but you agree that what i'm saying about you know there could be a time down the line where you're like you know what that fucking annoying pest mark hunt if it wasn't for him taking the ufc to court the fighters would still be under the thumb so main event time what a main event it was 
What a main event it was. Holy shit. Now, speaking of the Diaz brothers stealing the show and being, um, you know, building on their legacy even in a loss, part of the reason why I was getting so frustrated was because I had people in one tweet bashing Nick Diaz for being washed up. This is what I was excited for. And then a subsequent tweet saying, Brian Ortega, win, loser, draw, is the real star of this show because of his toughness and just the way he carried himself. And it's like, wait, you're, you're, you're praising Brian Ortega while bashing Nick Diaz while Brian Ortega just did his best Nick Diaz impersonation <laughs> by getting the shit beat out of him, almost winning and showing off incredible toughness. That's Nick Diaz through and through. Yeah. So you're a hypocrite. But. What a fucking fight, bro. Yeah, I mean, holy shit. Look, man. For a 50 to 45 fight, you couldn't get a better, more exciting fight. Yeah, uh, you know, take nothing away from Brian Ortega, but Volkanovski is just that dude. I mean, he was beaten. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Sure, go ahead. I I found the scoring, the judging to be completely crazy. Like, first round could have went either way, right? Yeah. Second round was definitely uh, Volkanovski's round. So I think that after, after two rounds, I'm looking at it like potentially 2 nothing Volkanovski, but the first round was very, very close, very hard to score. So easily could have gone to, to Ortega. Now the third round, Ortega got chipped up, but he almost finished that fight, like really close to finishing that fight two separate times. You could make the case that Ortega won third round. Right, even though he got really fucked up in that round, it yes and no. I agree. No, I'm not thinking that. Yeah, it's but like when I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, just by the the way they look, Ortega was getting fucked up. But round one was close. I don't care what anybody says. That was a it very was close round. Close, right? Round two, not close. But you know, Volkanovski definitely won that round. But like I said, with the submission attempts, like they weren't just submission attempts, like. That was um, the equivalent of somebody getting dropped in a boxing match. Like, that was sunk. Yeah. You know, that's a 10-8 round, as far as I see. With, if nothing else happens, that's significant I, enough. I think, you know, you would have been, you'd be right if that happened towards the end, right? And and that's how yes, maybe he the, finished the round on top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, anybody who's ever fought Brian Ortega will tell you, you do not want to be in the two submissions that Volkanovski got himself in. Now, when he got himself in that guillotine, that guillotine was so deep and long. It wasn't yeah. like it was like he was deep and he fought out right away. Like he, he stuck that he was, out. He was panicking. You see, he was panicking because he was trying to get his hands under. Lifting he was, him he up. was the last thing that you ever do. And the only time that you ever do this in an, in a grappling, any type of grappling format is flop. The last thing you're ever going to be told to do is flop around like last ditch effort, desperate like a fish, and that was what finally worked. But like usually, there's a technique involved. Wait, well, because you know, here's the thing: it was the third round, so they're extremely sweaty at this point. If that was the first round, he's not getting out of that. But you agree, right? When I say that's just alluding to the fact of how deep that choke yeah. was, because when there when technique is gone, <laughs> and there's no technique that's going to get you out of this, and you literally have to just do anything desperate to get out, that lets you know that that, that choke was... And when really he got deep. out, he was pissed because he got on top and he just started waffle stomping Ortega. And, it, <laughs> and he almost paid the price because when you fucking waffle stomp a guy like Ortega, or 
when you try to waffle stomp Ortega, what happens is he got that nickname for a reason, bro. Yeah, that man. T City is no joke. His triangle is the best <laughs> in the game. You can make the case. Yeah, and you know that <laughs> that escape. They always say that that's an escape to use, right? Because you're trying to separate your brother. It's not that easy, especially when you have a guy who specializes in triangles with that. It's really not that easy. Even with a little bit of separation, their legs are usually strong enough to sink you, you right back You know what it was, in. though, right? Ortega was completely gassed from the guillotine. Oh, attack. my God, yeah. He could. I honestly am surprised that they let him answer in the fourth because the way he didn't get up, he didn't. He didn't get to his corner in time. Like he laid on the mat for twenty seconds. Now, I guess that counted like towards the one minute round time, right? Like they don't wait yeah. until you're in your stool. Yeah, no, they don't. So, wait. but that was close. You you could have made the case if the ref at that point went over and was like, "Get up, get in your stool." If he if if the ref just waved it off right there, I wouldn't have complained. If the ref waved it off, that place would have fucking rioted. <laughs> but you know who I don't think would have rioted. Ortega. No, he wouldn't have been able to get up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, even in the times where where the doctors were coming in and looking at his face, he wasn't adamant about wanting to continue. He, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, but if you quit. But you're not, he's not going to be, I can't see. He was like, I guess. Everything that he was saying was like leaving it open to interpretation. I was very surprised at how the doctors were, were like taking his answers as fact. Like, well, because they were like, okay, well, how many fingers am I holding up? And he answered how many fingers they were holding up, so that's it. But are you okay? I'll be all right, I guess. That was what he answered. He's like, are you? Well, no, I'm a doctor. Are you fucking okay? Uh, I, guess, I guess. Tommy, you asked your wife a question. Are you good? Or are you mad at me? No. Are I'm you fine. Sure? I guess. Usually means that they're not fine. They're yeah. not, you know, so. Why do you think there's a TV in my work truck with a Nintendo hooked up to it? <laughs> That's very funny. Um, Scoop, you'll never get your Nintendo back that you gave to the studio and Tommy then robbed. But since you're never going to be here again, you'll never, you'll never Stockton, know Stockton, motherfucker. <laughs> so this is fun. Yeah. I wonder where but, we're at you know, dude, Before we wrap it up, uh, look, nothing away from Ortega, but Volkanovsky is that dude. And here's what upset me about all of it. Now, he's getting praised from the entire MMA community. UFC, Belgium, like, and rightfully so. Your boy has to come in and steal his fucking shine. Look, he, he just can't help himself. Look, two things. One, Connor isn't really my boy anymore, so I think <laughs> you should really be, be careful of how you approach me with that situation. Two, um, you can't steal anybody's shine. For, this, for the reason that I just stated. Like, I was the biggest Conor fanboy. And to me, it's a tired act at this point. So if I'm not even buying into it, Conor doesn't really have many fans left now. So his, his shtick is just only haters, right? So Conor is now completely... He wasn't a complete heel turn. Like, he had fans that he had to appease to. I don't think Conor has many fans left. There's going to be people that if you met Conor in the street, I would immediately be a Conor fan again, right? But at the same time, Let's also gloss over the fact that he threw a baseball worse than anyone I've oh. ever seen in my entire life. Oh, but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do what you're about to do and steal Volkanovski's shine by giving Connor any credence. Connor made stupid statements. Volkanovski at this point would eat Connor's lunch. Yeah, There's and, and no triple question G about too. it. Like Triple G, but Triple G does that to Tri everybody. Triple C. Triple C, I'm sorry. Look, Triple, triple C, C does that's that to a shtick. And and if they met if Volkanovski and and Triple. 
Triple C, Matt, they would be cordial. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Absolutely. Like, that's trip. That's his way of giving the guy more shine, right? Exactly. There's like, nothing it's wrong Connor's with that. Connor's just being a douche. Like, you got you're trip- not going to go down to 145 again, so leave the guy to fuck alone. Now, let's talk about what, what takes place next at 45. Ortega, I think he has a lot in the loss, has more options, surprisingly. I think what you see out of Volkanovski is a little bit of time off. Right, I think it's pretty well fucking deserved. Yeah, he just did the Ultimate Fighter, so he's been away from his family for a while. There's a lot of things going on with his team, so they're going to have to sort that out now. Were they going to be training? His training partners, are they still there? Are they not? So there's a lot going on there. Just the world, I guess the country of New Zealand, I don't really have much of an idea of what's going on, but from what I gather, they're going through it right now with the COVID restrictions, so... I can't see anything coming out of, of New Zealand anytime soon. As God, far as that, that's really going to suck if my daughter somehow gets this 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 role and the, the filming's supposed to be in New Zealand. Like, how the hell is that going to work? I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. So That's nice. Thank well, you. I do care. I don't mean to say it like that, but we're running out of time, and I want there's a few things that I want to talk about real fast. Okay. Like, what's next for Ortega? I think he, like I said, I think he does have more options than, than Volkanovski does because... Do you, do you give him the Max fight again? The winner of Max Holloway? No, no, and, no. Uh, I, think he, I, I think that Ortega earned himself a fight w- not against a fucking Max Holloway at this point. Like, not somebody that's going to hit him seven million more times. Let him it, fight Yair Rodriguez. Let him beat the shit out of him for a little there bit. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. So, a name that will get the juices flowing a little bit for him, someone he's got to take serious, but someone that he should clearly enter the fight as a favorite. I would like to see him work his way back. I think he has the tools to do so. The champ, though, the champ, I think you might see the champ taking a super fight. I think that's going to be his next approach here. I don't see much involved at the at the featherweight division. That's Is there a true contender right now? I mean, it's not like he can't go to 155. The guy was like 230 pounds at one point in his career. There's no way he moves down to fight anybody, but I do see a potential matchup. There's a lot of guys at 55 that... That would be, I guess, chomping at the bit to get a shot at at Volkanovski. Him and Chandler would be good. I mean, at least they're the same height. The problem with that I have with the Volkanovski moving up thing is that it's such a muddled picture as it is. So I don't know that, you know, and it's not like he has defended his belt, though. So it's not like it, it is the time now. If he's going to do it, maybe he wants to do it for his own self. But I think what you see out of him is he takes his vacation or his holiday, as as they'll call it. He does what he got to do, takes some time off, lets a couple of things in his division shake out, see if there's a guy that could establish himself as a contender. If not, kind of see what happens at the lightweight division. I would love to see a Dustin against a Volkanovski fight. I can, I, I can tell you what's really going to happen. Max Holloway, the winner of Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez is probably going to be the one that, that goes for that belt. I, I don't I don't disagree with Max getting the shot. Max has done a lot for the sport, that division, more more so than any fighter outside of named Jose Aldo, right? There's a case to be made that Max won the second fight. He beat the shit out of him for two rounds. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Max go with, with Volkanovski again. I just don't see Volkanovski wanting that. I mean, You're going to we'll have to pay him a lot of money to fight Max again. But I guess that's really all about about all we got for the show, right? Yeah. Anything else? No, man. Uh, this was this was very very enjoyable. Uh, yeah. So go ahead, you do your plugs, and then I'll do mine. Go on to chopsportsmedia.com. Click on merch. Support your boys over at the Chopheads MMA podcast. We got. I think it's the nicest shirt in the whole store. 
Um, we, we have some few things that we'd like to get taken care of. Uh, any, any help will be greatly appreciated. All the money goes to my pocket. So <laughs> I appreciate you guys helping me out. I have some weed to buy, and the prices just went up. So, Tommy, go ahead. All right, guys. Every Thursday night, sitting ringside with uh, Roberto Villa, Rudy Lara, and, of course, the shitster Dave Rodriguez. Um, head over to fightbookmma.com for all of your MMA needs besides uh, Chop Sports Media, of course. And uh, this Saturday night... In Philadelphia, I will be doing my media obligations for Major League Wrestling in the old ECW arena in Philly. Um, look for my articles to be written on fightbookmma.com uh, every Wednesday night. All right. Hit the button. Hot shit, mm, I'm going down, down, baby.